What's up, you guys? E Squared the Podcast here, as usual, and I am with my man, my main man, who always like him because no, I do not. he is Muslim. None of that is true. And he is Muslim and the Antichrist. Please give it up for Andre. Thanks, man. I, I, as <laughs> always, I love the beautiful opening. <laughs> it's worse. It gets so bad. It, it is. It's terrible. It's amazingly bad. But we have a great episode here today for you guys today, honestly, and not for here because that's pretty stupid. But, uh, Jay, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm Jay. I'll be acting. I'll be acting. You already know. Um, so, yeah, today we have a very special episode to where we're going to be talking. It's another war episode where we're talking about the taboo of the ghetto name. Like, what is the ghetto name? Like, where did that stigma even come from? Like, how uh, can one demographic of people have a very particular name and another demographic uh, can't, you know? And uh, one demographic is called ghetto for it, while the other one is called... Creative. Creative, exactly. Exotic, that's Exotic. And so we were also going to talk about the two females who were rejected from their jobs just because their name sounded ghetto. But before we get into that, we got some news, man. We got to talk about Aretha Franklin... Franklin funeral. There was just from Ariana Grande dress to uh, the the pastor groping her. There was just so many things. Jay, come give us a, your spill about what happened. That's you know the feminist in charge. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> R.I.P. Queen of Soul. Um, but during her funeral, um, Bishop Charles Ellis is his name. He um, mm-hmm. as he was um, finished wrapping up her performance, he. Uh, he was speaking to her and as he was speaking to her he was kind of grabbing her here instead of like here and things of that nature and immediately the internet went swooning like everybody got up on him they like well hold on his hand placement a little off it's a little awkward and before you knew it it was a, a, a grand issue that definitely needed to be pointed out and recognized um and while he was saying that let us not forget that he did have a racist remark by saying that yeah. when he saw her name on the program, he thought that it was a new item at Taco Bell. Now, before we kind of uh, dive a little bit deep uh, into um, why uh, her dress wasn't appropriate or why, it, even if it was, why we can't focus on that. What what was so bad about the eulogy that was given uh, at the Aretha Franklin front funeral? Oh. Because, I mean, that was a four-hour live stream, but mm-hmm. I, I read some stuff and I was hearing, like, and even you told me some stuff that I didn't even hear. So what made this such a bad eulogy? Well, um, Reverend uh, Jasper Williams Jr., he's uh, Atlanta-based. He, uh, he is the one who was... Um, who eulogized or was supposed to eulogize the Queen of Soul, but um, his remarks were kind of um, seen in a, a, a bad light because they were. Um, he said things towards the nature of if you're growing up in a single parent household, that it's, um, it's like abortion after birth. That is the three words he used, abortion after birth. Not only is that wild, but again, this is at Aretha Franklin funeral. Yeah. What does her this have family, to do with her? Exactly. Her, and that's what her family said when they came out recently, just today, they came out with a statement that they don't uh, stand behind his, his, his eulogy and that he did nothing to eulogize her. And they felt that he used that as a platform to push his negative rhetoric, stance yeah. and rhetoric and, um, so you know, it's it it was kind of like a a a weird feeling to the fact that the whole world got to look into the black church 
and the ugly truths of the black church that has been going on for years and that one funeral kind of summed up everything that's kind of <laughs> been going on within the black I, church. I didn't even look at it like that, but that is true. That, that is, is that is the yeah. world got to look into what we go through every Sunday as African American African Americans in church and how we deal with religion and things of that nature. So it was kind of like, wow, kind of embarrassed right now. Yeah, I mean, because it went from Queen of Soul, it went from her her funeral to just this, this. I'm sorry to say it, but this shit show of how you know our pastors and our bishops are not knowing how to handle themselves amongst public, you know, amongst the public, you know. And I just just like imagine how many other times that this type of stuff happens and it's just not televised for the world. This true. So how many churches does this happen in across the country? And ain't nobody recording it. Exactly. And it, and it's just so, I, I think it, it, it's so mind-boggling when you understand that the stuff that the, just came out in, was it Pennsylvania? About oh, yeah. uh, the, the, the Catholic, the Catholic priests that, that are not being punished for the crimes that they, because there's a statute of limitations yeah. of, on uh, sexual predators, which is stupid. But it, it shows that, like you said, out of all the issues of the church, they rather point out her dress. And it's like 500 issues with the church. And that's definitely, and like you said, something that can be deba- debated amongst other people as far as how they felt her dress was yeah, for the exactly. occasion. You know, and I care not to get into that. But because the focus is that she was handled inappropriately. The bishop and the pastor handled themselves very inappropriately to say that they, you know, are supposed to be doing this on a day-to-day basis. Exactly, man. But before we get into our topic, we got to talk about one more thing. Something else that's been pretty big, you know, a, a legend, <laughs> a sleeping giant. He woke up. Kamikaze, man. Kamikaze, bro. Eminem yeah. dropped Kamikaze and all of our heads started spinning. Uh, uh, well, just to give a, a little brief background, um, last year he dropped an album called Revival. That I, I think uh, Revival came out early this year. Oh, like, early. Like January. January. And uh, it wasn't well received, and so uh, Eminem got a lot of backlash for it, and so he decided to drop this album where he name-dropped and really called out a lot of rappers. And one of the rappers that he called out, which was MGK, Machine Gun Kelly, recently, as in yesterday, Mm -hmm. made a diss song towards Eminem. Did you guys check it out? Yeah, I found it. What did you guys uh, think? I think it's called uh, Rap Devil. Yeah. Yeah, what did you guys think about it? It was cute. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to be shady. But he definitely, (laughs) he came with something. He came with something to say, you know, he was kind of the only person as of now that has responded to anything that was said uh, or thrown on Kamikaze. Um, It's going to be very interesting. This is going to be very interesting to see how this pans out if uh, Eminem cares to respond or not. I would have never guessed, like, if he'd asked me, like, three months ago, who would this Eminem? If he ever did this? <laughs> MGK, like, yeah. I would never have thought, you know, I thought, you know, the white brothers and hip-hop kind of would stick together. They had a brotherhood Yeah, they had a little bond, you know. It wasn't, it was, I didn't Eminem think that this, this, this white-on-white crime would happen, <laughs> you know. I never thought, you know. But then, after that, that's when g Easy today released his diss song for MGK. Mm-hmm. They had traded blows, what was that like? Yesterday or the day yeah. before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He didn't drop the legitimate diss track. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, did you listen to it? Yeah, it's called Bad Boy. And like, man, damn. <laughs> he said, he, he, he told MGK straight up, he said, um, he said, 
uh, I'm uh, performing Staples going platinum. He said, you never earned a plaque. Your last show was 30,000. No, your last album did 30,000. I'm like, this nigga, like, it was, I'm like, okay, I guess the white on white crime does exist. Yeah. And so. Coming for next, coming for next. And so me personally, I just love, I'm, I'm here for the white rap beef. I am. I, I am. If this is what we gonna get, this is what we gonna get. You know, I'm, I hope Eminem responds. I do too. Almost, almost likely. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. this seems like it's gonna be our only opportunity of some legitimate rap beef that's gonna do something. I mean, we've seen a little bit between Drake and Pusha T. Well, I feel like, in my opinion, the majority of black rappers right now is prominent not doing none of this. Like, no. They might do it out in the street or something, but they're not gonna put it on wax. Yeah, so, exactly. as a rap fan, I appreciate these two dudes making stuff for the culture. Exactly. I do feel like if M does decide to respond, which it may he may not, because I feel like I think in the album he was just venting, he was just talking, he was yeah. just running mm-hmm. his mouth. But if he does respond, uh, who is MGK, bro? <laughs> exactly. Don't ask him. Who is MGK? Who is MGK? But uh, to get right back, right into the show, um, what, what, the first thing we have to talk about is like these two women. Who were denied jobs because of their ghetto names? Um, well, uh, quotations, of course. Um, Jay, can you give us a little history about these two women? Um, Harmisha Robertson and Dormisha Zachary um, were two ladies. They uh, went through Indeed, Indeed.com, through the website to apply for uh, Mentality Health, which is a, um, a company that uh, helps men that uh, were born with not as much testosterone as they needed. Mm-hmm. So it's um it's a med- it's almost medical. It's like a medical field almost, I, I would say, I hope, you know, but, um, but, uh, they applied for the jobs and they both received emails saying that, um, uh, we loved your applications, but unfortunately we will not hire you due to your suggestive, suggested ghetto names. And that's what they put in the email. And, um, it really broke her spirit. So her her Misha is the one who brought it to social light, and um, she said it really broke her spirit. It almost had her rethinking her name of some sort. You know, am I not professional enough for this America? And um, one of the saddest parts of the of, of the story, after them being denied their job, those jobs because of their name, is that her Misha Robinson, the one lady that brought everything to social media, she's actually named after her late father, Herman. So it wasn't so much as an uh, 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 not a just it's not just a name. It was something that came from you know a lot. You know her dad. Um, so that was uh, basically that's basically to sum up kind of everything that happened within that. And that was you know about last month, late last month. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know. Get into it. Get into I, it, y'all. I don't know where to start because me either. My main thing is that. I, I, I see that I hear this word a lot. I hear this phrase a lot. Even amongst our culture, a ghetto name. Uh, what, uh, this is name is ghetto, and this name is uh, like like you said, like Dornisha or Hermisha or Jaquavin. But my my thing is is like I, I I see a lot of other races. They have their cultures, and so uh, they have their cultures and the things that they go in in kind of the languages that they speak. So they have different names. Like uh, you'll hear. You know, let, let's say uh, Jesus is a very prominent uh, Latinx name. 
Uh, same thing with um Raphael. Say very prominent. Let me put you like like a Russian name like uh Dmitri. Dem- like exactly, that. or an Italian name like Tony or Antonio, mm-hmm. and, and so. I feel like every other culture could do that except for the black culture. And, and, and it's renowned as ghetto. And, uh, it's because I feel like a lot of uh, black names or names that are deemed ghetto have a negative connotation to them. Whereas, you know, this truthfully isn't a, a ghetto name. It doesn't represent anything. It's just, uh, it's tied to this culture. And what's tied to this culture is ghetto, which is the black uh, culture. And I feel like when you hear these names, you jump to conclusions you assume you make assumptions all based off a negative connotation to this word not necessarily because it's found and proven that people who have these names are more ghetto or less qualified or stuff like that it's just what you assume when you hear it and that same thing doesn't happen for every other race it's just black people unfortunately Mm -hmm. and so that's not a level of racism that we all exhibit it it, I feel like we most people do because I feel like even in the black community we were just talking about black some black people say oh that's a ghetto name yeah, yeah that exactly. was one one of the things that upset me the most about the topic was that there were black people that defended it were like y'all know that not to name y'all kids certain things simply because it's gonna hold them from having jobs and I'm like hold on girl no no Ain't nobody got to water down their blackness for nobody just because and to feel some I feel hate that sentiment. I, I hate that rhetoric that, oh, okay. And it's a very, uh, we, we use this word a lot, but outdated conservative rhetoric, rhetoric where it's like, oh, okay, well, and just so my kid get the best job, just so my kid doesn't get their uh, application thrown away as soon as it receives, as soon as the company receives it, I'm going to name them some of them like Bill or mm-hmm. uh, Todd or... Uh, what, what's another Jane? James. Yeah, James is a very prominent name. And but I, what I don't get about that rhetoric is that we literally have a whole president. Well, for our forty fourth president name was Barack Hussein Obama. I and thought he, we got past that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So 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 what what do do you think since Barack name is more tied to a, a, a Kenyan African uh, roots that it because we don't his, tell Lupita Nyong'o so do you think that's the reason why he didn't really face... Or do you think Africans still face the same thing well, that we do? I, personally, I feel like Barack Obama was slandered for his name. Like, white he was consistently tried exactly. to insinuate because of his middle name, he was tied to Arab uh, terrorists or some type of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it's never stopped being a problem. It's just kind of been pushed out of the mainstream vocally. But mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, like under... Uh, under the water, underneath all the smoke, people still feel this exact same way, and they exercise that ignorance and that uh, that discrimination by doing stuff like what happened to these girls. They won't come out and say, "Hey, the CEO of this company is going to say, hey, don't apply to my job if you have a, a ghetto name,' or some of you people should change your names.' But they're going to start denying people who have those ghetto names those jobs. And we only know about this because, like you said, Hermesha decided to bring this yeah. to uh, social media. Yes. How many people does this happen to every day, and they don't never say anything, or they may just not have gotten that email saying Same. that this was the fault this is the problem and that's the that that that's also a thing that you touch on uh that that i wanted to touch on too is it's about even though this just happened to two girls and they because they got the emails this could still be happening to millions of people mm-hmm. and thousands of people you know just because of their name they're being denied jobs they just don't get the email back but mm-hmm. they but but like the the general manager or the hiring manager looks at that name and was like no, that's connotated with something bad, mm-hmm. and they automatically throw it away. And, and that's just something I don't get. And oh yeah, and by the way, Indeed came out saying that they didn't hack 
There, there is no forms, no signs of hacking with their profiles. So this email was legitimate. Like mm-hmm. that means this this email was sent uh, from someone from that job, from uh, the, the mentality uh, job. So mm-hmm. this was not hacked. The the uh, don't yeah. listen to the, yeah. the hype. Don't listen to the excuses. This was something somebody chose to do. Yeah. So, so and this this really has me thinking about all of the instances for like how black people I feel like have to conform. To the yeah. society's norms just to get on or just to, you know, live a normal life, really, not even get on to a job. Like, even when we look at the recent instances of, of people being denied going to school because of their natural hair. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Like, that, that makes Drama no dad. sense. Like, oh, OK, first, I want to ask you guys, what's so bad about dreadlocks? Nothing, Nothing but perception. You don't have to life check dreads. That's the, and that's the thing, like. They're, the dirty connotation that's associated with dress just doesn't make any sense. Like, when you understand that, yes, it doesn't take as much care as if a clean cut does, or like even Andre, wonderful Native American hair that he has. Native American, uh, Andre is six, Andre is 16th Native American, I'm right? Yes. Uh, get, I'm dead. Native what? Talk about and and so, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just saying like the, the, the black hair that has dreads, it, yes, it doesn't require as much as uh, care as normal hair. But at the same time, like you said, the ethnic hair or African hair doesn't uh, host lights. It, 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 it's a very tough, coarse hair. So Boy. even though, even though. I, it might not require as much care as normal hair would. It, it the black hair normally doesn't require as much hair as a, uh, as much care as other races do do when looking at their hair. Mm-hmm. And so my main thing is that, uh, what's the problem with this person rocking dreadlocks, but this white person that has long hair? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the difference. It's all about perception, bro. Stuff like that is perceived as ghetto. It's perceived as mm-hmm. unprofessional. There's no basis for it. Like yes, you cannot no logic quantify yes. that. You cannot logically explain it to me. It's just something y'all feel. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And the people who feel this are unfortunately the people who control all of that. So until we can collectively, I feel like as a populace, as a group of people, as uh, the population of this country come out and say, hey, we don't want to deal with this no more, it's always going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Because while there may be too and few people who come out and speak against it, how many of those people have power to exert over mm-hmm. the forces that be who control your day-to-day lives? I mean, it's yeah. not a lot of people. Call so, it out. That's what I mean. Collectively, we have yeah, to call it Yeah, in out. every yeah. instance. You call it out. You know, Hermesha called it out and people and stood behind her. There were black people that rallied behind her. And any instant, you feel like you're being profiled simply because of your name or because of, you know, your hair or the things that you, the way you carry yourself as a black person, you call it out. Call it out. HR is to help that company. So I wouldn't always I wouldn't always say go to HR, but if you feel comfortable with your company's HR, then you go to human resources, but also understand that your biggest pull is calling it out socially. Call mm-hmm. it out. That's where the power is. Let people know outside of that company that this is what's going on within it. Because HR is not gonna put that out. They not. That's not their job. Their job is yeah, to Yeah, human the resources is yeah. just strictly just to help a company out. Yeah. Like they are the people who fire people. <laughs> yeah, you know, so... So I, I I really totally understand that. Like, us as a mass, us as a group, us as a populace need to really be uh, more vigilant about calling these things out once mm-hmm. we see it. Um, because... And another thing, when we even dissect the word ghetto, you know, 
of yeah. course, I mean, it's, it's connotated as something totally different from his origin. But I just feel, but when you understand its origin, uh, as black people, don't you feel kind of insulted when you hear a, a white person or anybody of refer another? To. Well, even a black person referred to your name as a ghetto name. Yeah. I, it's condescending. It's an insult. It's like a backhanded compliment. Yes. It, what could have been better? What name? What way of exactly. handling myself would have been safer for you and who are you to tell me what's good yeah exactly and it's like when when you observe these things it's like you're literally attacking my personality and you're really devaluing me Mm -hmm. when you understand where the ghetto is and where they came from when you understand that these ghettos were first auctioned off uh auctioned off places where they were gated in communities right uh during the holocaust and prior we're more prevalent prior. That's when those ghettos got turned into concentration camps and such things of that date of that nature. But and then when I when I take that back in and if some my name is Jalen, uh, it's a very um it's a very popular black name. Common, common, very common uh black African American name. But it isn't uh it is I never been my name has never been called ghetto. Same. So I I don't I, I've never thank God nobody has ever told me that because I would. Whoop they ass, but um, <laughs> but I I just I feel like that's just so degrading and so devaluing. Like it, just to call somebody ghetto, mm-hmm. because especially in these instances, yeah, you, know, you have a woman, you tip two women People that who are, are very qualified. qualified for the job. You know my my name. I'm Hermesha right now. My name has brought me through school. It's brought me through my entire life, and now it's going to stop me at a job. You know, I'm a little kid right now in Louisiana, going to Catholic school, going to a privatized school, I'm going to school, and I have to get pulled out of class in front of all of my classmates and sent home because my hair is in braids. That's embarrassing for any child, any woman, anybody to have to go through. Like, that's just embarrassing. But I bet you if another group who had silky hair, another demographic of a child who had silky hair, um, and just decided to do pigtails or something, mm-hmm. they they won't they, they wouldn't even notice that. It's not the fact of the, the rules or regulations. That, and and even in both instances that, that, that you just named, those were newly embedded rules. These mm-hmm. are these weren't uh, rules that been of uh been attached to these uh Catholic Catholic schools. These these were things that happened over the summer. Mm-hmm. So it's like it makes no sense for you to bring your traditionalist conservative ideal into a world like this. Yeah. Like we're literally in twenty nineteen. And, and, and one of my main things is like, why are you tripping over here when military don't even trip over here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the military just lifted the ban on that for her. Unfortunately, I mean, I said just lifted it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just lifted it, you know just lifted it. Yeah, like you said, it's very recent, but people are starting to come to grips. There's just proof that people are starting to come to an understanding that, you know, your hair, your name, these are not things that are going to halt you you know, from from being successful in this life, and they shouldn't. And that's why I feel like people need to be more careful when they say, oh, well, all they got to do, do is go get jobs and go work. Well, that's what Hermesha was trying to do. She was denied exactly. that opportunity because of her job, exactly. you know, because of her name, you know, excuse me. But that, you know, you just got to be a lot more careful. Your life as a, a, a different person, your walk in this life is kind of different from mine. Simply because of, of, of certain things that are built to stop me. 
That is that's insane. Their and names. What do those people do when you what you just talked about? Like my walking life is different than yours. I'm a bit different than you. Than you. What do people do? They get upset when something's different. They don't have an appreciation mm-hmm. and an understanding that not everything's gonna be exactly like me. Not everything's gonna go exactly how I do things. You know what I'm saying? But I can appreciate the diversity. I can appreciate yeah. somebody being different than me and not feeling challenged or mm-hmm. feeling uh tested or afraid that's what most of this stuff is I, I there's no way you can explain to me how dreads will prevent me from doing my job properly. there's <laughs> exactly. no way you can explain to me that my name is going to prevent me from being qualified there's no way you can no explain or qualify yeah. qualify that shit all you can do is say I don't want this because I feel it's not professional. And you can't honest. say it's not professional. professional. I feel, feel that it's, it's not, not professional because there's nothing that has proved that. And all of that shit is just founded in old traditions, like you said, conservative traditionalism, bullcrap. In my opinion, it, it's not founded in reason; it's just founded in feelings. I mean, I'll be the main one trying to call people snowflakes, but you truly bothered by somebody's hair. Yeah. Name? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That just makes me sick, feel like y'all people are just sheltered. And y'all want the world to go exactly, exactly how y'all want it. Exactly. Like, I was having a conversation with uh, someone the other day, and they said that uh, he was from Austin, and he was saying that most of these people uh, in Texas, uh, a lot of red people, a lot of uh, red uh, counties in Texas, when you look at them, it's like a county full of 200 people. Mm-hmm. Like, not a city, but a county. Mm-hmm. Like, Loving, Texas has a county of... 300. They got like one stoplight. You know what I'm saying? And so like it, what you said makes sense. Like these people are, are sheltered. Damn, they're caged. So this that I feel like when you're when you expose yourself to more diversity and when you when you live around more diversity, you're more amenable to be a liberator and not just uh, halt all this shit. Like like basically like when uh, the when his the Hispanic and Latinx community came to our city. Black people opened our arms up. We didn't care. Yeah. Like we, we, there was no coalition to stop uh, yeah. these illegal, uh, illegal immigrants to come. There was no. We are a sanctuary city. Yeah. We became a sanctuary city. Yeah. But I feel like in all these other places that are starting to become more Latinx or more Asian influenced, and you start seeing that the communities change from white majority to minority majority, you start seeing like. These people get scared, like you said. Get like, oh my God, this is bad because it's not what I'm mm-hmm. used to. What? It kind of ruffles their feathers. It sends them into a frenzy. So, so my my question to you guys: Why is there's a difference between how you know how we act when you know the uh, the immigration flight? How we are the black uh, view on immigration towards the white view on immigration? Because black people never had a tan- a chance to get comfortable in this country. We never had that opportunity to just, just, okay, we're set in our ways. We could stay here. And if they did, they got set and they got safe through religion. They got safe through other things that would allow them to feel this way. You know what I'm saying? But we never had that opportunity to just be like, no, this is mine. This is ours. I need to be cherish this. Because we that, we that is partially true. That 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 is true. I feel like uh, black people and most minorities never really had a claim or stake in something. So when something kind of moves this way or that way, we're comfortable with it because we've always been moving this yeah. way or that way. We've yeah. never really been solidified in a point and said this is mine. But I also feel like it's it. We've talked about this before. Like black people walk in all worlds. Minorities yes. walk yeah. in all, all worlds. worlds. White people can live and die just living in that white part of the uh, world. And it's 
scary when white people who live in this world feel like that world's being challenged or it's being taken from them or something. Yeah. It's just becoming more inclusive. We're not stealing anything exactly. from you. We're just opening it up to everybody. Exactly. And more people who have consistently been accustomed to things always being open to everybody are okay with these things. And the majority <laughs> of those people are minorities. But white people are... To, not all white people, and I don't even feel like it's a genetic thing. I just feel like it's from the way you've been raised, the way history has gone from you, and just societal things that have been ingrained into your culture, not necessarily things that are just hereditary. Like, yeah. you inherited this racism. You inherited this ignorance. No, it's just how you've been brought up and allowed to live and think. Mm-hmm. And what you have to understand is that when these things are challenged and people come out and say stuff against it and say, hey, what you're doing is wrong, you have to be like, you have to have the idea and the ability to check yourself and be like, well, hey, why do I feel how I feel? Can I explain it properly? Can I back it up with facts? Mm-hmm. Well, no. I, honestly, I think what I'm feeling is kind of just based on some stuff I've been feeling, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And now these people are explaining it to me properly. Maybe I should listen. Not too many yeah. people have that line of thought, though. Mm-hmm. They just kind of be like, no, shut up. I don't hear it. It's kind of like... Get out of my country. Sensitive. <laughs> You're sensitive. You're being too sensitive. It's kind of like what uh, me and Jay were talking about uh, the other day because I seen a meme that she shared from Twitter. And uh, it was so true. Like, none of us were born socially conscious. Yeah. Like, none of us were just born into the idea of, okay, well, you know... Like, even with us, even though we understood racial uh, relations and we understood yeah. racial discrimination there from the kid. There was a lot of intersections. There was a lot of intersections that we didn't, yeah. like, such as uh, gay marriage. We didn't believe in that growing up because mm-hmm. our parents instilled that in us. Mm-hmm. So, I'm saying that to say that I, I didn't just wake up, uh, well, I just didn't pop out my mom's uh, coochie and say, oh, I am okay. so woke. What y'all doing to gay people's bad? What y'all doing to black people's bad? Mm-hmm. Mass deportation is bad. Like no, mm-hmm. I, I had to learn these things. The more I got older, and but the thing is, I feel, and that's why I love you guys so much and our group of friends is that when that change came and when I noticed it, I didn't run away from it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I I didn't say, oh uh, well, this is not what I'm used to. So let me just or not try to justify judge. it, like and justify it with poor vague rhetoric. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna do that. Let let's okay. Logic, logic, logic. And it kind of goes back to what uh, we were saying, uh, like uh, probably like a week or a month back. And you said that, you know, you it, there's a difference between, you know, just being right in the pursuit of knowledge. Like, you know, a lot of people just want to be right in their stance. Mm-hmm. They want everything that they believe to be right. And you have people, other people, like hopefully like us, who don't think that way. We just yeah. want the pursuit of knowledge. Like we just we just want to make sure we are right. Yeah. At all times. We just don't want to feel right. Yeah. Exactly. And I want to understand why I'm right, and I can explain it explain. to everybody else. I can't. I'm just not gonna say I'm right. Well, this is how I was raised, and I feel like that comes from uh, our ability and our uh, feeling that we never stop growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who I feel just want to be right feel like. Well, once I become right, I feel like it. I'm done growing. I don't have nothing else yeah. to do. I have nowhere else scared. to go. I found the right answer. I found the right answer. Versus people like us, where we pursue it. We see that, you know, from the day I was born to the day I'm going to die, I'm never going to stop learning something. Yeah. So you're always open. That's what that idea creates in you is that openness. And a lot of people are just closed-minded. Closed-minded and closed-hearted. So how can we, if there's a way, I want you guys to be completely honest. Since, like you say, we are dualists in some manner of all wor- of all worlds, uh, um, all subcultures in this country, how can we open 
All right, because I I feel like I mean we've been trying to get the middle ground for like over years. Even with Martin Luther King, that was his whole thing, common ground. Mm-hmm. You know, but how can we completely under like open our culture to you know the majority um culture and tell and show them and and really persuade them certain things like ghetto names how that's tab like the the taboo of ghetto names is wrong the taboo of ghetto hair is wrong or even some of our platforms how can we convince them about racial discrimination being real because there's a lot of people who think we live in a post-racial america mm-hmm. so how can we how and this is the question for our audience too if you know it um because again we we are all growing and like we don't know the answers to everything but we can diagnose things so how can we open the conversation in a persuasive manner to get people who don't live our lives to understand our lives? You do it unapologetically, like the people that do it to us do it. I feel like, and that's why I, part of me, you know, is kind of just like, you know, recently, you know, me and my mom, we have a whole bunch of conversations. It's just as walking this earth as black women and black people is just... um don't give a damn about what they think because they don't care about what we think. They throw it in their face. I'm going to be as black as I am and you're going to take it or you're not going to take it. That's you, just it. Take it. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> it because and that's the thing because we have the smarts, we have the knowledge, we have the money, we have what we need. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing we lack as black people within us you know what i'm saying so it's once we go trying to convince people that being black is a safe thing when we try to go being hypersensitive about being black people that's what we we end up you know they they throw sympathy at us well i'll give her this job because she started hooting and hollering about it no don't give me the job now understand that you are wrong and whatever within that company is is protecting you by saying that I can't have this job because my name is too ghetto, that needs to be pulled out of your company. And ain't nobody going into that company until you pull it out. Just refuse to do it. And, and, and really, that, that, that's a great principle and that, that has a great plan. But even when I see this, why, why, can, could our culture do it? A culture of black can can our culture do that? And how what's what's it gonna be the steps to take for our culture to do it? Because I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Jada's one hundred percent right. Black people don't have anything. Well, they don't lack anything. We don't lack anything within ourselves. What we need as a community is unity. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We need to stop having black people who detract from other black people. Mm-hmm. We need to stop having black people who undermine other black people because they feel all right. That's a little too black. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. just need to have a a, a community and a a connection with amongst ourselves where we support each other. I feel like a lot of other cultures and races do that. Black people are kind of still finding our way with that. Mm-hmm. African-American people, you know what I'm saying? Because I even feel like Africans in Africa have way more unity and connection and oh, most identification amongst themselves than we do. And that's just something that's neat, that's necessary for us to take this step forward. Yeah. Because, and in my opinion, like, I, like Jay said, I just feel like you just need to keep doing what you're doing. Like, just keep exactly. naming your kids what you're naming them. Keep doing your hair how you, they doing. When somebody tries to attack them, demean them, or belittle them, we will all come together and support y'all. Exactly. But do not start changing your children's name or changing their hairstyles to conform. Because nobody wants to conform, bro. That, mm-hmm. that's, I feel like that's detrimental. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Appreciate and they win the every time we do this. Exactly. Every time we say, well, I think I'm going to name her Sally instead of Taraji because Sally ring a little better. Like, no, name her Taraji. Do whatever you want to name her. Name her whatever you want to name her. 
You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about going get her no perm so you can ruin that girl hair for the rest of her life. And just let it grow. Exactly. You don't got it. I mean, if you appreciate and enjoy the flexibility of weave, oh, you know, more power to you. Mm-hmm. But don't pretend like your hair better than this girl who takes care of her hair naturally yeah. and puts all this work in. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Because, I mean, even when we look at entertainment, you know, that's when, you know, everything is fetishized. That's when the black culture is fetishized. Yeah. That's when things like dreads are cool. Yeah, in the fashion things industry, like, ghetto is a term, honey. Yes. <laughs> you know, them nails, them big earrings, yes. we have the biggest staple ever in, as far as industry and entertainment is concerned. Yeah. Like, like all of that. Fashion, entertainment, hell, even food. Like, why people, <laughs> I feel like the world loves minority, you know, like Southern culture, food. whether it's, it's black, Hispanic, Asian, yeah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? We always exotic in those aspects. But once we try and get in the business at world, all right, hold on. Yeah, but the I thing. you kind of look like me. Yeah, and, and, and I feel like yeah. that's when I feel like it's a shut up boy and know your place. It's like mm-hmm. it's like you can do all that stuff in this other field, but when it comes to capital, you better know your place. Mm-hmm. You better know. You better conform to our our, our our traditional ideals. You know, you better conform to the way we think. And I feel like I I absolutely hate that. But you are absolutely right. It, it's up to us to be do this uh here on un- unimpol uh, without unapologetic. Uh, yeah, without any uh remorse, remorse or anything. Uh, concerning that, but I feel like a, a main piece of that puzzle is just us being unified mm-hmm. and us understanding that there's nothing wrong with us being us. Like, stop saying, stop saying this person has a ghetto name. You know what I'm saying? Stop saying this person looks ghetto. Stop yeah. saying like Don't this perpetuate person. That. Yeah, like stop using the same rhetoric that that's been used to hold us down. Stop saying that all black fathers leave their kids because that's not true. Mm-hmm. Stop saying all these things because the more you say these things, you're uh, you're subconsciously uh, just fueling the fire that was racially intended to put in us since the 60s. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, even when we're talking about the origin of these things, people, but white people, like, the white people in the 60s, in the uh, 60s, uh, right before the Civil Rights Act, they, they put in race, they racially put in things to promote white, white supremacy and, and make white supremacy the, um, the echelon or the, the, um, the go-to, basically, mm-hmm. of what it is to be professional. They did that stuff throughout history. So we have to undo that. Mm-hmm. We basically have to undo that. But it's only going to be undone if we do, as a culture, look at ourselves and stop doing it with devaluing ourselves. Yeah, it's common. It's, it's the smallest things that you do. If you're in a barbershop, how many times you done hold a, heard an old man refer to young men as thugs or these young hooligans? You know, no, they're misled. So treat them like such. They're still individuals. Yeah, yes. they're still people. You know, they still need you. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, it's it, you know, it starts with, you know, of course, us doing it within our own community. But definitely hold white people accountable too. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, but yeah. that's the only way Wait, we can hold yeah, them accountable. Is it like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I love. And, I'm, and to be honest, I'm not going to be on some... Uh, a pessimistic type the world is bad everyone's race i'm not gonna be on that because honestly i'm gonna say we are in a better the best position of race relations than we have ever been mm-hmm. because not only because the thing is even in the 20s and like the 30s 
of thirties around like nineteen thirty two around the Great Depression when everybody was poor. That that was it was it was okay racial tensions at that time. But the thing is the racial division wasn't exposed. Mm-hmm. Now you see the racial division exposed mm-hmm. and people are still getting called out for their racist remarks or racist <laughs> tendencies. So we as far as race relations, yes we are in the better in the best place we have ever been, but we, we are not there yet. We are not there yet. We're I mean, if you buried and like somebody trying to bury you in a casket underground, if you get out of that casket but you still four feet underground, I mean, <laughs> you a little better than you was when you was in the casket, yeah, but you still underground. Yeah, though, you know, you're still you underground. ain't seen the light yet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't just get out of the casket. You got to be wary of people who try and tell you like the little dead bodies next to you saying, "Hey, man, when you got out of the casket, bro, you doing better than yeah, us." Yeah, you know what I'm saying, seen, but I ain't free. Yeah. You know what I'm Never let somebody put a, a timeline or a frame or, you know what I'm saying, a, a height or a ceiling to your success or your freedom. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Your liberation. Because, trust me, the conservative rhetoric, we say that the, that phrase a lot, but... It's, it's heavy. It's heavy, We baby. from the South, bro. I'm sorry. Yes. No. It's just like that, that conservative rhetoric is just like, it, they'll a lot of times they'll say, well... Uh, we're living in a post-racial uh, America now because affirmative action, things like uh, quotas for black people to get hired. And, I'm like, uh, you don't even see a problem with that even having to be instilled? Thank you. We got in such a bad this. place yes. where we had to actually force people to accept a certain amount of minorities. Like, And it's something that we still have to put in place. Yeah, like, they be having crickets when you say that, though. Oh, well... At least you got it, you yeah. know, and just walk off. Right? Or oh, 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 another one I hear: Oh, you guys have the right to vote. We, you guys have the right. Well, to like you, like, I'm supposed to be able to vote. Like, am I not living in the same America? You guys here? can't be racist because Abraham Lincoln, a white Republican, freed you guys. Well, let's talk about it. Let's. No, 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 we're not. But, no. <laughs> but Abraham Lincoln did not free all slaves. Mm-hmm. He he freed certain slaves. But he oh, really didn't free them because he freed the slaves that weren't even a part of the United States. But it's complicated. It's, it's very complicated. Good. The Emancipation yeah. Proclamation was a political move. Was a political move, and 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 we we one one day we could die. He said, down. "I mean, this this you can, nobody's making this up." Abraham Lincoln said himself, "If I could end this war without freeing yeah. black slaves, I, I would." would. Exactly. And you Ulysses S. Grant even said, "If this world, if if." if uh, if if I was personally fighting this over slavery, I would have gave my sword to my brother a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But that was and see, and that's the thing, slavery like that was towards the end of the world in eighteen sixty four, eighteen sixty five, when like they wanted to make a political statement. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make they wanted to make a statement that's to say crazy. no, slavery is le- illegal now. That practice is illegal now, and that's why that 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 um they they implemented the Emancipation Proclamation. It wasn't to free slaves. Frederick Douglass been trying to free slaves. Mm-hmm. People like John Brown had a whole rebellion over it. So it it wasn't that. And in in John uh, Abraham Lincoln actually condemned people like John Brown. Mm-hmm. So it, it it wasn't about just freeing the slaves. It was a political move used. Now why the Civil War happened? It was definitely slavery. But I mean, again, it's confusing to talk about. A lot of people they they take that they, they have, like half knowledge. On. Yeah, yeah. Take textbooks and get into it. That's what I said. Yeah, that, get into it. The the most they know is the Confederate flag in eighteen sixty one through eighteen sixty five, and they probably know Gettysburg and Robert E. Lee. That but that's really about it. 
<laughs> that don't nobody really understand. But um, to wrap it all up and and wrap this episode up, uh, what what do you guys um have any remarks or anything to say? Uh, uh, unity, man. Black community needs to work together. Like Jay said, with these old dudes who kind of call these young kids thugs or hooligans, teach them kids, man. And at the end of the day, you you also have to think about. Who raised these kids? Ain't they people from your generation? Shouldn't you have said something to your homeboys and your friends about being there for their children? But you didn't. You're just giving all that frustration to them kids, though. And that's just doing nothing but creating a divide amongst the young people and the black people. And I feel like there's so much division in the black community. That's why it's hard for us to work together. And except in times like, let's talk about our city. Everybody came together for Harvey. Mm-hmm. Or on the other side, when it's somebody outside our community attacking our community. That's mm-hmm. the only time we work together. When we about to die, or somebody talking about all of us. <laughs> yeah. But we don't, you know, unify and we don't unify 24-7. And we don't, and we don't carry the, the, the torch with energy. each other. Yeah, we, we, we never do. And so that's why I really love what you said earlier about, you know, just... Don't be afraid to be black. Yeah. It's 2018. Truly, we, 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 literally, yeah. we literally had a black president. Yeah, it's, it's down in 2019. Yeah. So, you know, don't be afraid to be black. Wanda Sykes said it the best. Mm-hmm. She said it the best. Once Barack Obama was president, ain't nobody was afraid to be black no more. Niggas started proudly going to get their watermelon, proudly <laughs> ordering their fried chicken. Like, you know, but, you know, it was, of course, a stand-up, but it's real, you know. Yeah. You know, once Barack got into that office, you realize that we can actually do anything. It put it into perspective for everybody. Like, you and, know. And really instill hope into people like um, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. Um, I honor them. Uh, we didn't talk about them at uh, part of our news segment, but uh, I really honor black men like that uh, who who stood up for a cause, even though sacrificing their careers in the process. And I, I just, that's why, man, I'm not going to watch any NFL game until Colin Kaepernick gets a spot on the team. Me personally, he was blackballed. Um, he was uh, he was a first, he was a third string quarterback when he let when he was let go doing better than of half of first string uh, quarterback. So it, it, uh, don't say it's because it was cause he he stopped he he literally took the forty nine ers to the Super Bowl. And people, so people like to ignore that. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it, it's like they say he trash, but that man took them to the Super Bowl, bro. <laughs> but his stats is good, man. Like you yes. said, it's not just something black people feel like he's better than most second, third string quarterbacks. And I say about I just seen Reggie Bush said this yesterday. He's better than at least ten starting QBs right now. Yes. He ain't played in what like two years. It wasn't nothing but blackballing discrimination, man. But shout out to him. Uh, Jay, we ain't say it, but uh, happy birthday, Beyonce. Happy birthday, Beyonce. (laughs) Another black figure who doesn't care about being black. They um, recently uh, donated millions of uh, their profits and proceeds from uh, On the Run 2 tour to college uh, scholarships. Oh, that's great. That's apologetic. Birth. Just purple, man. That's I love black excellence. That's, that's what you do. Cool. That's how you. That's how that's you cool. keep it moving. And, and soon as we and, and and when we all as a community just remember how to keep valuing ourselves and valuing where we came from in our cultures, we get, we're gonna start seeing more black excellence. Um, but 
people like Colin, people like Beyonce, people like Eric Reed, Reed Jay Z. Um, he uh, produced the uh, Trayvon Martin movie that came out. I still gotta watch that. Um, but it, it, my brother just told me it was pretty good. You need to watch the Khalid Brother story. Too. Yeah, oh, he, yeah, he also was in that. Uh, he produced that too, uh, Jay Z. And that. So I just love people like that who who sees the value in our culture and they're not, you know, because, you know, yeah, Jay-Z wears suits and stuff, but I'll be seeing a lot of them, he'd be wearing like, like sweatsuits and like Gucci sweatsuits and like everything and that, that stuff, you know, us, our culture, we adore that type of style and that type of fashion. Even if it's not from America, we adore a certain type of fashion yeah. and he's not afraid to rock that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I love black excellence. I love black people. Um, like Issa Rae, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. I root for everybody that's black. Black and very sweet of the I don't matter your name. It don't matter your hair. <laughs> yeah. If you black, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't play. I'm playing. I'm rooting for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever the best. And unfortunately, in some cases, black people use the best. So, anything else uh, you guys want to uh, end off with? No. Well, remember. To follow us on E Squared the Podcast uh, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, E2 the Podcast. And if you guys have any questions, any episode suggestions, remember to holler at us on our social media and we'll try to get to it and we'll try mm-hmm. to make an episode about it. Yeah. Um, so, and, oh, and even if you guys want to be on the episode, too, yeah. also hit us up. Uh, but if that'll be all, Andre, can you take it away? All right, guys. See you later. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs>